Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey! Hello, I am 889's Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And we are Cinebuds. Today, we are talking about the movie Minari. Christopher, you want to describe Minari? Yes, it is very loosely about a Korean family who moves to Arkansas in the U.S. to start a new life and uh, start a little farm. That's it. Yeah. The film is very much about this family. Yeah. And about each member of the family and kind of like going through this struggle. They are um, a family from Korea and they had lived in Los Angeles for uh, for a while and they were uh, sexing chicks was what they were doing and they were, you know, living this small life and uh, the father wanted to, you know, give them a better life or try something new or try something you know, bigger. And so they bought this plot of land in Arkansas and they are trying to make ends meet. And also he's trying to, uh, to have this farm. We should say you just glossed over sexing chicks as if everyone's going to be like, Oh sure. Sure. Yeah. I, my grandfather did that. That's uh, just for those who aren't in on the poultry industry. It's when you literally have to take a chick and decide what gender it is, you know, which apparently is challenging. Christopher, what did you think about Minari? Um, well, I had a lot of thoughts about Minari. All of them positive. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I get it. The, there was a lot of uh, hype around this movie. I thought like the tone and the the visual elements and stuff were going to be a lot like Nomadland. But it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was actually very m- much more accessible. Not that Nomadland wasn't, but it was a kind of a straightforward way to tell the story in a sense. In a sense that you see sure. these characters, you you they develop their characters incredibly well, and there's a very simple story that you follow. However, the performances in this movie and the events that do unfold are phenomenal. I I was thinking about it as uh, here's two words that don't usually go together. It's a very subtle roller coaster. It's a very quiet roller coaster. <laughs> it is definitely it is. a roller coaster, but not like the biggest and boldest. It's like a quieter, sweeter <laughs> roller coaster. And in that way, like I I don't think it's too far removed from Nomadland because they are yeah. both kind of like give the story a lot of space. They're right. like in both movies uh like kind of like big dramatic things happen in kind of like small and not dramatic ways. Yeah. Uh, though, though Minari in a bit, with exceptions, in a, in a, yeah, a with bit, exceptions. Yeah. With like exceptions here and there. Yeah. Um, they're both like kind of stories of struggle. I, I think there, I think there's more there than you lead on. I mean, no, it's not yeah, like, right. it's not like one is fast and the furious and the other is no, yeah, one, one is Tokyo drift for sure. Yeah, right. It is speeding around. Uh, no, it's, um, I think, it, it only, I think they're pretty similar. Yeah. The only like, thing I was comparing them to is more like the visual and like a uh, visual tone and almost, oh uh, yeah, I was not very specific, a little sure. artier 
on the nomad side, I guess a little artier the way they spread it out and are quiet. Like sure. there's a lot of dialogue in uh, Minari and as there should be, because there's some wonderful, wonderful exchanges and connections yeah. between characters, which I think this is like the most uh, of what the, of Minari is about. Yes. Okay. So Minari, you liked it. I did very much. I also liked Minari a lot. It was the movie that I I cried the hardest sure. during Minari than any other movie that we have watched this year. It that uh checks it, out. <laughs> it just it just like really like the emotional moments really hit for me and I really did love it. Well, we're going to talk more about Minari which is not streaming like on a free platform right now. You do have to like pay 20 bucks uh, if you want to rent it right now. But we are going to talk more about it in the podcast. We're also going to talk a bit about the Golden Globes. The Globes. And also we're going to talk about what else we've been watching. And I am going to talk about a movie that I did not like at all. I could, by the, by the volume of how you said what we've been watching, I assume there was something pretty pretty important uh when we come back from the break we're going to talk more about minari we're going to talk about the golden globes we're going to talk about what we've been watching including a movie that i did not like at all can't wait we will be doing that when we come back stick around support for cinebuds comes from your membership and associated bank proud supporter of milwaukee film and offering support year-round through milwaukee film checking more about associated bank's commitment to the milwaukee community at associatedbank.com Member FDIC. Did you know that the majority of 88.9's work is funded by members? That's why we can bring you such diverse programming through music, stories, and this podcast. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart to become a member today. Okay, we are back. You're welcome, everyone. Okay, Christopher. Yeah. Um, let's, let's give, give me a little more. A little you want more a little more Minari talk? Yeah, give me a little more Minari. Okay, so essentially, Stephen Yun, who was in Burning and he was in The Walking Dead, he plays the definitely the the yeah. highest the 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 actor that you will absolutely know. So hot, so <laughs> so steamy, steaming hot, steaming hot. So uh, Stephen Yun plays the husband, him and his wife, and their two kids. They're two incredibly adorable and smart kids. Little boy, little kinda girl. Kind of sassy. Kind of yeah. brats. Yeah. Oh, like <laughs> brats, time. but like classic brats, you know, good right. kids. In a kid way. Uh, they move to a trailer home in, with a patch of land to create a uh, farm. They get the help of Will Patton is their Pentecostal neighbor who they um, – who, his performance I want to talk about in a second because that's sure. a whole can of beans. Yeah, uh, and then uh, there's there's conflict between the husband and wife about where they should be in their lives and what they should be doing. And the little boy has a heart problem. That's key. And uh, their mm-hmm. grandmother, uh, played by a like legend of Korean film, Young Yu Young, uh, she comes, she moves in with them. So that's the whole family. And you see them adapt yeah. to this new life in Arkansas with their community and then also their relationships with each other. What was kind of like the thing that you, 
a big takeaway for you, something that really stood out. Yeah. Here's what I want in my life. <laughs> yeah. I want a spinoff movie. Oh, I know where you're going. Whether it's a road, yeah, the same thing. Whether it's a road movie or a buddy cop film <laughs> of the little boy David and the grandma. <laughs> yes. They're they start out the little boy a buddy cop movie buddy would cop be movie. buddy cop movie would be very funny Someone, but definitely like a spin-off set in arkansas in the 80s where they're like doing something yeah, funny yeah they have to investigate crimes in a southern state listen Someone bring me a suitcase full of money because I just gave you the best idea <laughs> of the decade. The So the little boy does not like his grandma at first. She's very strange to him. He says she smells like Korea, which he doesn't even know what that means because he's never he keeps on saying that you're he keeps on saying you're not a real grandma because you don't she, bake. Yeah, you don't bake. You don't do other things. And the grandma really is, just to her face. Yeah. Oh, just like straight up. He is. Uh, plotting against her. He is like, he is, and she takes it with such, she, she takes so it in good. stride. She's Which so good. Is a grandma. She takes it with, she takes it with humor, Which you know, and is she like, what a grandma yeah. would do. So he's wrong. He is right. mean, like only a, like a six year old boy can be mean. <laughs> Just, and she sees that he's mean because he's a six year old boy. Yeah. You know, she, she is really takes that. The star of this film. She absolutely is for me, and she only, and she also only comes in in like the halfway point. You know, she's not even she like a lot of it. A lot of this movie is without her. So like once she comes in, it is. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's like she steals most of the scenes. She does. She's very the interaction. So I can't be clear enough. The interaction between them is both beautiful and hilarious. She, the little, I I don't want to spoil this, but the little boy does a practical joke on her, like a mean joke. It is so good. Watching him prepare for how it lands. Like he's ready to bolt because he knows he's, he puts on his little cowboy boots. I was just, so, and as when you get a relationship this sweet in the middle of a movie, and you know, you got a, a very older lady and you've got a kid with a heart problem. The entire mm. movie, I am just clenching my fists waiting for tragedy. And, mm. uh, and again, I don't want to talk about what happens at the end. There's obviously ups and downs. Like I said, it's a very, very quiet roller coaster, but there mm. are some big, big dips in this roller coaster. Mm. Uh, but amazing chemistry between those two. Stephen Yun, interestingly, has a smaller part in this movie than you'd imagine. He does because I that? think that I think that they're I think that one of the things that this movie does really well is that it was like driven by his decision, but it gives each character their yeah. own space and like kind of like each person. And that's what I really liked about this movie was that it was so closed off was that it was like we're for 2 hours we're just going to look at this family and each person gets to have their own reason for their actions yeah and the, their own kind of like backstory and you see what they do and why they do it because of the space that they're in and uh, there are times where um where like I was listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour talk about this mm-hmm. and they were like you're just you're just waiting for them to interact with whiteness they're, you know, know. they're a, 
So terrified by that the whole time, yeah. Yes. They're a Korean family that is in Arkansas in the 80s. And it's not that whiteness doesn't happen, and they do interact with whiteness, and they do like face like you know, the things that a a Korean family in the 80s in Arkansas would face. Um, uh, But it is not... It, it, it does not become about whiteness. Right. It's it does not, not become like, film. it's not the focus of the film. And it really does like focus on this family. Yeah. And even though like you were saying, like the, the grandma and the son kind of like, uh, kind of are the stars of this. Yeah. I and mean, the husband and the wife also, they, they have their, their own drama. And then they have their, the drama, like when, uh, when the grandma comes in and kind of like shakes the yeah. up the dynamic, they were in this tiny little like, little enclosed thing, and then they like they have all their own reasons. I thought that that was uh, really really well done and compelling as well. Is that it really yeah. was the story of like every single character? Yeah, and you got a feeling of like why they were all doing the things that they were doing. Yeah, they like the grandma, the kid. They steal the scenes because they, again, there's like it's bigger, it's funnier, it's mm-hmm. more audacious and stuff. Uh, but yeah. The, the base is laid by the by the mother and the father who their and their conflict happens throughout the film and it's heart-wrenching it makes you very sad because you this family is this beautiful family they're doing something great you want them to like make it and interestingly the the character you get the least from is the little girl who's yep. older she's the older child but yep. i was just thinking like since the little boy has a heart problem, a lot of the attention is going to be on him. And so that kind of actually makes sense in the scope of this film. She has to be the mature one. She has to look out for the little boy, which she does. Uh, but he's he's going to be the focus because he's got this issue that's just kind of hanging there in the air. So it, it, may, it that kind of makes sense. And then yeah. you have, and I, I did want to point this out, Will Patton. I was just, I was going to drive us there. So yeah, yeah. it was like the, is the, there is like one white character that they do interact with kind of the most who is this, this neighbor who uh, is the, there's like one point where like that, even the town kind of like, yeah, they're aware him as as an outcast there. Yeah. They're, they're aware that he's a town weirdo. Like, it, it, yeah. In in the typical sense, the great thing about it though is that when I, you first see him, the first scene with him in it, he he just acts in a way that red flags pop up left and yeah. right. And I was <laughs> yes. like, oh no! Like this is a character actor I've seen a lot, uh, yeah. so I'm like, he's not. This is probably not his only scene in the movie, and I'm so worried about what's going to happen. Totally. And, and then, it, funny enough, his. I never stop being worried. <laughs> right, 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 right. But also, his character goes in a direction like, oh, okay. Uh, his like, character becomes less scary, but just as concerning. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Because I even said while I was watching it, I was like, to uh, to Nicole, I was like, oh, I, yeah, okay. I go, okay, so he's he's less concerning. And she goes, well, still concerning. I'm like, no, you're right. He's both. <laughs> He's both. It's so interesting. His character is fascinating, uh, and it's a fascinating interaction with the family. And going back to what you were saying about them interacting with the whiteness when you see them go to church and try to actually mm. meet meet people, because they have to like form this community. You know, it's like they're they're out in this right. house by themselves in this like tiny house, and they're it just like when you're when you're in that small of a situation, like you need some out. You need some other people to talk to, and right. like that's a big thing that you see them struggle with. And they're like, you know, let's go to church. You know, let's like, yeah. we, we need to like talk to, we need a community and you right. see like how important that is. And then, you know, and then they, they, they try to find that as well. And they, you know, they go to church. The moments where they do interact, where it's like, 
it's so interesting because like you said, this movie is not specifically about race. It's more about, it's more focused on this family struggling in the, what they, what is supposed to be the American dream. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, more complicated than that, but you, you can't avoid it. So they are very economical with how they did. De- they delve into it. They go to church. The two kids have two separate interactions with other white kids. And they both say something that is, uh, on the surface, very offensive, <laughs> but mm-hmm. then immediately swoop into, but I want to be friends. I don't understand. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I don't understand mm-hmm. you. And I have this question that's inappropriate, but I immediately want to be friends with you afterwards. And the, uh, you, you get the sense that, Oh, they're going to learn. They're about to learn that people are different and everything's going to be fine. Uh, at least that's the sense that you get. And obviously the world's more complicated than that. But in these situations, it was like, uh, it was like tense and then a bit of a relax afterwards. Yeah. I get all the hype around this movie. I get all the hype around this movie too. I like that it was, it is so much a very American story. It is the American dream. It is like the story of America. It is, it's, it is, it is, it, which was like why it was like so bizarrely at the Golden Globes. Yeah, um, that's a good segue. <laughs> in the <laughs> in the uh, foreign film category, because this in no way is a foreign film, yeah. aside from that it is uh, mostly in Korean. And it won, which was like, you yeah. know, uh, it, it won best. Uh, it was like best film it's foreign, foreign language. language. It's foreign language film is how they cook. And it, the... So the whole thing about it is that you're right. It's a very American film. It's filmed by an American director. He's a, a Korean American director, but he was born in America. There's a lot mm-hmm. of American actors. It was filmed here. The The financing came from American companies. But because they have a rule in the Golden Globes that 50% or less than, has to be less than 50% in a foreign language to be considered for best picture. And mm-hmm. this was slightly more than 50%, I guess. But the funny thing is, uh, so was, what a strange rule. It is it has, a strange rule. It's very I didn't know arbitrary. That. Yeah, it is, it is that it has to be fifty percent or fifty percent in, in English? English. Yes, to be not to considered be best a foreign. Yeah, to be not considered foreign language, okay. and which can't be. Which okay. again, I don't think Oscars have that rule because there's Parasite was in best right, picture right, category. Right, 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 right. But uh, the Golden Globe was. A Golden Globe nomination for Best Picture was given to Inglorious Bastards, which, interestingly, is more than 50% in a foreign language. So wow. they made an exception for a predominantly white film. Wow, I did not know that. I, I luckily just learned that right before we started recording and I was reading about it. And I was like, oh, well, that's instantly shitty. Like, how, <laughs> how do you not? I mean, it's already bad because it's a stupid rule. Right, uh, it was right, especially right, right. when you consider that this film is an American film, right? But uh, then when they make an exception for Quentin yeah, Tarantino, it's what they are considering an American film is fundamentally racist because they're considering it a white film. Because yeah. I mean, they've proven that by the two films they they did and did not let break that already stupid rule. So yes. you have that you have you have that hanging there, and the great thing is in the director's acceptance speech, he very, in a very classy way, acknowledged that. He talked about how that's an American story. Uh, it, it doesn't matter the language that it was. It's in the Ameri- It's in the, oh, I forgot, the language of film. 
I am butchering it, but <laughs> look up his speech because he he really he deals with it in a very eloquent way. Well, let's let's talk about the rest of the Golden Globes. Traditionally, um, an, an award show that doesn't take itself very seriously and uh, uh, should not. Should not because they don't always make great decisions. <laughs> they don't. This, but this year, I've like even like if you look past, there's a bunch of controversy that like the foreign press is like made up of 92 people, I think, and uh, none of them are black. Yeah. And uh, they were they had some controversy. Like the a lot of them were flown out to the set of Emily in Paris, and then uh, uh, Emily in Paris, yeah. which is not like very critically received ended up like getting some nominations. And so them like, you know, the, the bit of, uh, you know, swaying uh, that way. And then like the production this year was like a little weird, but like even past all that, I, I felt like it, it was, I felt like the awards were pretty good. I felt like they weren't, it wasn't, I wasn't infuriated by, by most of like the decisions. The decisions this year, um, it's like despite themselves, <laughs> they did. Yeah, there were really great choices made for sure. Yeah, best motion picture went to Nomad Land, um, which we loved and get it. Uh, musical comedy went to Borat, which now, I didn't think was the best one in the category, but it, it w- Hamilton. <laughs> that, that's the thing like i uh, to be fair i have not seen borat subsequent movie film <laughs> i do think that's a really funny title and the original borat as much as a cliche as it has become is really challenging innovative funny movie i i genuinely believe that but which so, is yeah. what i like watching i watched subsequent movie film oh, you and did? okay uh, i did um it's so surprising that a sequel would win, even though right. it is like such a, uh, it's like a different sequel. But I mean, for me, like I loved Borat. I was like in high school when it came out, high school, sure. white male, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. my so you were required to watch it. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, uh, and I loved it, but it was like so innovative and, and different and, uh, and shocking. And I felt like they like hit a lot of those beats. And I, I just, I, I just felt like, okay, they're doing this because uh, they want to do everything they can to not have Donald Trump in office. Um, And that is like listening to an interview with Sasha Baron Cohen. That is why he made the movie and did it again. But I I didn't, I I didn't really see it as being the best uh, musical or comedy. And it definitely wasn't on my like. Yeah. I mean, you had, it was up against Palm Springs, which is a really, which was uh, incredible. Very funny movie. Yeah. And Hamilton again. Mm -hmm. How, how is this not like it's Hamilton and it got beat by Borat. I find that interesting. Again, I haven't seen Borat, so I can't comment, but from what I'm hearing from you, yeah, how does it beat Hamilton? Wait, was it up against Hamilton? It was it because it's it's comedy or musical you, category. Just, so, uh, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I just wanted to hear you say Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton. <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, yeah. Best uh, best director went to Chloe Zhao of uh, of Nomadland. Yeah, which seems fair. Now, I do want to point out that Chadwick Boseman won for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yes, and he did. I'm just pointing it out because I loved that movie and I loved him in it. And I'm very happy about uh, his uh, his win there. 
Yes. And uh, Best Supporting Actor went to Dan Akulia of Judas and Black Messiah. Love Let's that. Just quickly talk about, and this is not new, a new thing, but supporting yeah. actor. Come on. He, I understand the film uh, is from the point of view of uh, of Lakeith Stanfield's character, but he is the, he is obviously the star of that movie. It's him tough. And it's, Le- t- it's, it's tough when the title implies a duet. You know, yeah. Uh, it is Judas the and poster, the Black Messiah. So, if you look at the poster, he's in the foreground. Lakeith yeah. is in the background. I mean, visually, they've set him up as the star of this film. At least one of the two stars. But they do this. They do this a lot, and I. I don't. My assumption is that they put them in both. Ca- like they try to get them in both categories, and then just see which one comes up. And some people are like, oh, well, I, sure. I, I, we have all these others. Let's put them here. But it's just always absurd sometimes when, like, I think like when Michelle Williams was nominated for a film she was in for five minutes as lead actor, as like mm-hmm. best actor. It's it's bizarre. Well, Christopher, let's get into what else we've been watching because yeah, you were kind of chomping like- at the bit. <laughs> um, well, best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy <laughs> went to Rosamund Pike for "I Care a Lot," and I which- think I'm going to make a guess here. <laughs> I don't think you cared for that movie. <laughs> I did not care a lot about (laughs) (laughs) that movie. Really? Boy, did I not like that. Did you watch it? I have not. Okay, so I Care A Lot is about... um, uh, Rosamund Pike plays this uh, lawyer who essentially has this guardian gambit. Which Did you watch the Britney Spears doc? I did actually in the background kind of watch it as Nicole watched it very thoroughly. Okay. So it was like kind of like weirdly timely with that, with uh, that she like shows the evil of being a guardian. Gotcha. Okay. I think maybe just like this movie came to me kind of hyped and uh, she plays this character, which she basically at the beginning, she gives this spiel, which I is directly ripped out of season one of Fargo and other kind of like villains where it's like there are wolves and there are sheeps. And if you are a if you're a sheep in this world and you care about other people and you try to do the right thing, then the wolves are going to eat you. So you might as well just lean into it and be a wolf. And I, I have to hate interrupt. that. Yeah, I have to interrupt to say that. uh the Golden Globes snubbed the performance you just gave right now. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's best actor. Thank you. Thank you. Now I want to see this movie. Uh, <laughs> well, it, and it was like, it just plays so heavily on how, how cartoonishly evil she is. Yeah. And then she like meets someone else who is like cartoonishly evil. And then they like cartoonishly are evil at each other. Uh, and I, I like, really like the stylization of this, the entire thrust behind it. And there are like, there are twists and there are turns like throughout the entire movie. Like that's the kind of movie it is. And, um, it is, so there are some people that liked some of the twists and some of the turns. Yeah. I just felt like this was a movie that like would have absolutely killed in the early two thousands. It was like, <laughs> yeah. kind of like prime time for those like boondock saints, you know, kind yeah. of like those big action, uh, thrillers that like have a bunch of twists and turns, but it was done gotcha. in 2020, and there was like moments where it was trying to be 
thoughtful and it was trying to make a big comment about other things and it was like trying to be uh thoughtful and trying to do this and do that and i think it like achieved none of them and i was just like angry and upset the entire time and then when when there are moments that are trying to make you like not so upset it just like wasn't working because i was just already so in the yeah can for being mad and hating this movie so how many I, how many reporters and, do you think that they flew in to get that nomination <laughs> i mean it was a very like hollywoody movie yeah and it like it had a big cast and it had names and it had money so it doesn't surprise sure. me that it was like nominated but ugh. well let ugh. me let me i just hate me, the thrust of things that are like you should be terrible you know yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah oh get just, off you take your blood pressure while I yep, 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 yep. <laughs> I recently watched a bunch of Denzel Washington movies. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, this uh, comes back to the theory that we had with uh, another movie that we both hated. Yeah. What was it? All the small things. The little, <laughs> the, the little, little things. I like it. That was the well in that movie. In 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 that review, you posited the idea that Denzel Washington is not an actor who is dynamic, but he in no, fact no, no, plays no, 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 no. the same ba, 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 ba. character over and over. Let's pull that. Back. Even if you didn't say this, this is what I'm remembering, <laughs> yeah. and so it's fact. This is the version. Like it's all over Twitter that you said this. <laughs> yeah, I did not. Say, he's obviously dynamic. The word dynamic i agree with it's versatile oh dynamic and oh pardon yeah. me christopher They're, dynamic and versatile two completely oh, different I'm sorry. opposite ends of the spectrum i just gotta go to boswell books and order you a dictionary i'm sending it to you <laughs> i'm sending it to you right now so you can look both of those okay. words up. okay so what's the difference here you humor me. Ver- me oh yeah happily All right. Okay. I have a public school education, so I'm happy to tell you <laughs> the dynamic. You Missouri? All right. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> should, to be fair, it was a public school in Missouri. So, And yet I still know the definitions of these two words. <laughs> okay. All right. Dynamic, big, exciting, ex- you know, original. Nah, maybe mm-hmm. not original. Big, exciting. Versatile mm-hmm. means varied, many different things. You could; those okay. could be quiet. They could be dynamic. I am not. I, as I said in the last one, please check the records. Denzel Washington is a great actor. I don't think you. Every great actor is necessarily somebody who plays like I play Mozart and Sid Vicious. Like I'm a transformative actor. You can still be a great actor. Okay. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is a very good actor. He doesn't play a ton of different roles. He has a couple of times. Oh my done god! Some. What about? Scully versus Mr. Rogers. You're telling me those yeah. are the same character road to perdition. You're telling me that those are the same. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a through line of Tom Hanks in all those movies. I mean, Tom, uh, uh, Forrest Gump would be the obvious go-to if you want to say he did something different, but that movie, I don't feel like holds up, <laughs> holds up over time. <laughs> all right. <laughs> However, Gump doesn't hold up. I what? genuinely don't think so. Granted, I worked at a video right. store okay. once where I had to watch it like a hundred times. So okay. I, right. it's been rude. Right. However, <laughs> yeah. Um, however, let's get back to Denzel Washington, who's a great actor and actually watching little things and anything. I need to watch. Yeah. And honestly, he's the best thing about that movie. So yeah, it was yeah, like, but yeah. I need to like get the taste of it out of my mouth. So I rewatched right. a couple of movies that I like, which are movies that didn't get great reception, but I think, are very good. The Book of Eli, 
it's a apocalyptic end of the world thing. There's bands of people struggling for water. Water is scarce, like a very typical classic, classic apocalypse. Classic. I mean, that would be the first to go, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's this like uh, avenging, untouchable, like super martial arts guy. Right. Uh, which, you know, kind of formulaic, but it's sty- It's very stylized. Gary Oldman is in it. Uh, there's some good people in it. And it's also about books. I really want to start a database that is movies that uh, that really, really uh, glorify books. <laughs> and this one does. Yeah, that's cool. It's essentially wasn't him. The, wasn't the book the Bible, though? The book is the Bible. It's him. Everyone's trying to get this book. And okay. one person wants to use it for evil, essentially. And the other one is trying to maintain it. But at okay. the end, they set the Bible up against all these other masterworks of literature. So it didn't feel too religious-y to me. Oh, okay. Okay. I remember, um, but, but I was religious at the time. I watched that, and then I watched when I was a kid in the eighties. Uh, there's a movie called The Equalizer. Sh- I'm sorry, a television show called The Equalizer, and it was this old British man who apparently was still very tough, and he would help people who who didn't have a voice, and he was like a bad, like a badass. And yeah. he would help people. So they remade the movie, but with Denzel Washington, or rem- made it into a film, Denzel Washington. Uh, and the first one, I was like, this is going to be dumb, but I like that show. It was actually really good. Nothing, again, nothing like earth shatteringly different. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of like the Taken films, <laughs> like, oh, those are just like the same old thing, but I actually really enjoy the Taken films. Yeah. This is similar, where it's like a, a, a trope, but a very, a very enjoyable one, and it's kind of stylized. And they did two of them. So I watched back to back Equalizer and Equalizer 2. That's fun. They're that very seems like entertaining. A very K-Poly and thing to do. Antoine Fuqua did uh, did them, and he's great at this, you, this kind of movie. You are, you're just recessing back into the 80s. I, I mean, it's almost I'm like reaching out trying to hold on to the current era and I just keep pulling getting f- further further down. It's like you would think you would like run out of stuff to, you know. The 80s apparently never ended and so it's still going. Sure, sure, so sure. So there's sure. constant material. But uh yeah, it, they're they're worth watching if you like how, an action film. I forget how much stuff that Denzel is in. Yeah. You know, you think like, "Oh, I've seen it all. I must have I must see have I watch everything that he's in, but then you're like, oh, he was in this weird remake of an 80s TV series. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) I want to look up. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I want to look up to see how many films Denzel's been in and how many films uh, Liam Neeson has been in. So I feel like they both make a lot of movies we don't know about. And then once in a while, there's one we know about. (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. They're in demand. I think And have been for decades. I think Neeson has lower standards than Denzel Washington. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Enjoyable. Denzel Washington. I care a lot. Golden Globes. Minari. I think that's good. Those are all good We covered things. all the bases. Yeah. Um, Minari, you do have to pay like 20 bucks for, which sucks. But and You know what? It, afterwards, I thought uh, I've spent... $20 on way worse things. Oh my god, so did I. I, was, I felt I felt after watching it, I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Great. There's awesome. so many movies out there that I wanted to watch, but they're like 20 bucks. I'm like, I'm just gonna wait till it's not $20 anymore. Yeah. But this one, I it was the only one I've ever spent 20 bucks on, and I am very pleased I did it. Me too. Me yeah. too. Okay. Um all right. Cinnabuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Ah. 
and we get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Oh, dear License Lab, thank you. Our theme song is from walking musician Brett Newski. The Newska. We would also like to thank Associated Bank, who is oh, back supporting us. My heart will go on. Thank you, Associated Bank. And uh, thank you to our members yes. from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee and from Milwaukee Film. We literally could not exist without you. No, you are the literal wind beneath my literal wings. I have wings. That's what we just learned. And uh, there's one other person that we have to thank. Obviously. He has wings. Yes. He has a public school education from yeah. Missouri. He does too. Liam Neeson. Thank you, Christopher Miller. Liam Neeson. Oh, I thought we were talking about Liam Neeson. No. He and I have a bunch of stuff in common. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> please Catch watch our week. new please watch our new <laughs> podcast. It's Cinnabuds Nights. <laughs> <laughs>